calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. are not looking good for the Keepers of Light. This primordial chaos beast is proving to be more CR than the four-person team can handle. It's like a shadow horse made from tentacles and poison. I'm getting queasy just looking at this thing. Vander Fail, team captain and paladin, was the first to fall, going on the defensive to cover party enchanter Sandra Goldstaff, who was quick to follow into unconsciousness. They're dropping like snowflakes on spirit's wrist, and the death saves just ain't coming. Oh, and the ancient horror tosses the cleric like lettuce on a hot steak sandwich. The only thing keeping the Keepers alight from becoming a light snack is Trinity Chimes, the party bard who stayed back for support. Lettuce? What? Lettuce doesn't belong in a hot sandwich, Kip. Gets too wilty. But that's not the point. The beast has Trinity in its sights, and it's moving in for the kill. She's got maybe ten seconds before she's tentacle-hooked in the last week. She's turning to make for the exit! Wait, did she just pop a spell? Damn, that thing was fast. With a mysterious flash of light, Damien Vantoro, party cleric, is getting back to his feet. Hot damn, nothing beats a clutch healing word. And he's moving fast to follow with a healing word of his own. Vanderfail is brought back to consciousness from across the battlefield. Holy hells, they're going for a Geldon's Gambit. I haven't seen this pulled off since the 2411 legendary trial of Ascension with the Blue Flame Ascending going head-to-head with Salt and Iron. The beast is surrounded and confused now, and with the last of his lay on hands, Vander has brought Sandra back to her feet. They're all on death's door, but it's back to four on one. Damien's holy sword is locked and loaded, and BAM! A boosted guiding bolt coming in hot, and going in hot, right up the bastard's backside, like reverse diarrhea. Sandra Goldstaff reaches for a wand, and we see a chromatic orb! How long was she sitting on that one? Thanks to the guiding bolt, the arcane impact takes the beast right in the flank. Vander charges and drops into a power slide, right under the friendly fire. He's down to one smite and it's all or nothing. He comes up sweet. Oh, the beast blocks it. But it's not over there. Trinity bursts out in a song and inspires Vander at the last moment. Oh, and he comes back down on the Kala monster. The beast goes down like a newborn giraffe. Curse splat. Oh my gods, that was hype. The Keepers of Light have done it. Pulled out a W from nowhere. My heart is racing. Truly an act of team synergy fueled by desperation and quick thinking. These are the kinds of feats you can only see here on the League of Ultimate Questing. Welcome back, folks. My name is Kip Killigan, voice of the LUQ and servant of the Nexus Enterprise. And with me is League veteran Stormclad Thundertongue. That maneuver got me all battle horny, Kip. Do not look under the desk. I gotta get myself a Keepers of Light mug. Drink some sleepy time tea out of it or something. Calm down. I'm buzzing like a BS. Well, maybe to help you catch your breath, we can check in with Immortal Dawn, who found themselves transported to a quiet swamp in the middle of the night. Surely the sounds of nature will greet us kindly, as the team explores for clues regarding the secret Bayern soil, a component in some illegal alchemy concocted in the Andesian underground. Yeah. Yeah. Crickets. Owls. Gentle fireflies and crocodile farts to put me back down. Good call, kid. We'll be back shortly to cover more action. Stay tuned, folks. Stay tuned, folks.
The mortal dawn have stepped out of the bowels of Andesign, the arcane capital, and into the heart of the Palemire, a massive expanse of swamplands in eastern Danmere. Thick, old-growth forests faded into states of decay, dark, cool pools of water that stretch across for miles, thick mud, and dangerous natural wildlife, to say the least. A voice called out to you, one of you in particular. Harthax? Is that you? And a small, yellow-scaled kobold steps out from the shadows of a distant tree, with an old rusty dagger held to his side like a sword. He limps as he steps forward, and he blinks in confusion, and tilts his head to one side as if he's not sure what he's seeing is real. Krim? Tis I, by name indeed. You have returned, but why? You've survived, but why? <laughs> I, I, I'm impressed. <laughs> I, I still serve. Oh. I could not separate myself from her. Well, I'm glad to see that you are still well. I would not wish you to feel this way. Had I my choice, she is not Elcyon anymore, Haruthax. Her true name has returned to her. Since then, I have bound to her for all time. I watch the portal, but never have I seen anything but the old men and the bodies. The mud, then. It's from them? The barren soil. Yes. Yes, it is their dark machination. The pride of their magics. Powerful. All right, you reprobates, huddle up. Um, uh, are you going to close in? Who is she? What the bloody hell's going on? Why do you think you're huddling up? <laughs> Good point. <laughs> this is funny. Good point. Artyx, you're funny. Thank you, Artyom. Uh, so we're wondering why you brought us all here today. Krim <laughs> uh, starts to poke his head into the huddle. I, I bend over, I pick Krim up, and I stick him on my shoulder. We're, we're in the Pale Mire. This is near where I grew up. This area, this creature, I kind of tip my head at it. We are in the domain of hags. And Chris will be very comfortable there. Wow! I don't even know how to respond. <laughs> You're probably too mentally fuzzy to be like, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to say what? the least, the experience of stepping through the portal was somewhat sobering. Okay. These hags are a coven. They're very powerful. They have always had it out for my family. I escaped them once with aid from this little creature. He is a friend of sorts. Not true. What? Oh, I am I am your unmaking, Harithax. I am bound to her. My eyes are her eyes. Fuck. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Who's high now? Quick, a blindfold. Yeah. <laughs> it's too late. They already know we're here. We have no element of surprise. What? Why are you reaching for me? Stop that. No, I still, I just, I just need to, uh, I start petting his arm. You feel scales this time. Oh, this is exactly what I was looking for. I was gonna say, which arm? <laughs> One of them's gross. Yeah. I was gonna say, it pets you back. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. He's still uh, a little fuzzy. Uh, is this important? Are we doing something important right now? We're in terrible danger. Is this the kind of thing that I need to straighten up for? I would recommend it. Okay, I reach into my bag and I pull out my medical kit and I look for some smelling salts. Mm -hmm. I take a big hearty whiff, mm. uh, slap myself in the face a few times. I share around kind of like helping people, giving them some stimulants and things like that to get them leveled out. Right. The cup of black coffee, as it were. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. This is uh, obviously important. We are powerful. 
I am not certain we are powerful enough to destroy these hags. And from behind you in the portal, you can hear the sounds of magical combat happening. But they enjoy making deals. Be very, very careful about agreeing to a deal with the hags. They will twist your words, and you will never escape them. And I look at the poor little kobold. Keep me safe, she does. I will do what I can. You're not sure where they come from, but there are voices carried on a magical wind. They slip easily into your minds and send shivers down your back and fill the night air. Three voices speaking in unison. Take the child with brow so hot. Take them to the sacred spot. Cool them with the deep black mud. Pack them tight and slow their blood. Strength of back to dig and toil. Chop the wood and splash the oil. Bake it into bayern soil. Mystic earth dug from the peel. Forged in fear as children wail. As they scream, the fear gets trapped. Mortal fear on midnight's tap. Mortal dawn has come to know. Mortal dawn will soon be shown. Back to us, our prize returned. Scales as black as willow burned. Midnight flesh and gator's tears fuel our spells one hundred years. Drow's black eye and furbolg's horn, hungry crystals so adorned. Parts and regents rare and true. Time to start our coven stew. A shape slides menacingly out of the mud to the east. A humanoid figure that rises near nine feet in height, and despite her curved hump back. A pair of stained ivory tusks curl out of her grinning mouth as a small colorful serpent slithers from one nostril to the next. A heavy cloak of living fish on hooks like a fisherman's catch flaps against her aged muscular frame. On one hand there is eight fingers. The other is replaced with a menacing curved blade caked in rust. A willow tree to the west starts to unfold as it releases tiny red fireflies in a cloud around it, which grow into humming orbs of crimson light. A hideous smiling face emerges from the center of the tree, as the hanging boughs shape themselves into a head of dangling hair, framing her horrific visage. Bones hang from every twine and branch. One bulbous yellow eye stares through your soul as her hands emerge, long fingers capped in black jagged nails. And finally, a dark shape appears over the trees, a monstrous creature twice the height of the forest with pale glistening flesh. A snail with six eye stalks, crushing its way through the overgrowth, as a small cottage of makeshift parts sways on the back of its huge crooked shell. A familiar building to Harathax, the place where they learn to truly connect with their patron's magic. A twisted old woman, wearing a mud-soaked fur, which her hair is knotted into, stands on the beast guiding it. One eye is a bead of white light, the other is an open silver flame pouring from her eye socket like a furnace. Her skin is the color of scorched lavender and is covered with scarified runes. She is Morla the Dream Drinker, eldest of the Palemire Sisters, an ancient coven that has harvested dark magics from this dying landscape since the first crowns were forged for the heads of past kings. Her sisters, Margie Dogtooth and Anessa Wispmother, rule over this place. You see flashbacks through your childhood eyes. Haru's parents knew them well. They lived under the guise of being helpful to them trading them things they had harvested and made. 
but in truth, the sisters viewed them as pets, a crop to harvest themselves and turned into components when they died. Rare ingredients from magical creatures, heroic figures, exotic plants, and now the Palemire sisters have come to harvest the mortal dawn. Let's roll initiative. Cool. Artyom has a 14. 14 for Artyom. Chris has an 11. Harthax has a 10. 21 for Arvid. Holy Arvid. I'm getting advantage on rolls now. Oh, Oh, yeah. Barbarian. Barbarian. The Palemire sisters have revealed themselves, and they have made their intent very clear at harvesting the rare treasures of your magical bodies. Arvid, you are the first to respond. I'll give him some horns. (laughs) 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 Arvid will go into a rage and... Which one looks the meatiest, I guess? That would easily be Margie Dogtooth, who's wearing the cloak of fish. She seems large and muscular. <laughs> Margie Dogtooth and her cloak of fish sounds like a fucking experimental noise band. <laughs> Gross. So I think rage mm-hmm. and then head toward. I think maybe rage maybe some rage at a fast pace man you're on the you're on the horny drug like you should have said papa rager it has an entirely different context this time around oh boy arvid will charge headlong into fish vest lady maggie margie margie dog marjorie fish vest (laughs) and arvid's gonna run straight for margie dog tooth uh and her horrible fish vest and make a full-out attack mm-hmm. after after popping a rager the, the, on the way. You know. Very fitting for the ecstasy you've taken. <laughs> and the amyl nitrate to immediately follow. Right, oh, yeah. God. Your blood's flowing. <clears throat> and you can make it there with 30 feet easily. That's great. And that counts as a... That'll add the force damage for... The life. horns, yes, indeed. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very much so. So, attack... Number one is is likely a miss with parity at total of 12. That does miss. But the second one with the radiant edge of parity is 26. Yes. Whew. 26 definitely hits. Very nice. I am a powerful beast. Mm-hmm. I will make my powerful attack. That's 14 damage with the radiant side of parity. Mm-hmm. And we'll give her the horns. Bam! All right. Uh, roll to hit. Ah, that's a one. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, okay. We can't have this. Um, so so I'm going to call upon the heart of the fans mm. and use my LUQ bonus re-roll. Yes. Yeah. Maybe the other die, too. <laughs> that's better. That's a 24. Oh, yeah. Whew. Most definitely. Let's see that sweet horny damage. Ten and the two force damage from the charging. All right. Very good. So you run up and using the radiant edge of parody, you cut through several of these massive fish bodies, dropping their heads and bellies to the ground and leaving a wound underneath. And then she kind of smiles at the challenge, immediately followed by a headbutt to the nose. <gasps> she winces in pain. Um, I'm going to have you make me a dexterity saving throw. Oh. That's not great. What's your total? Three. Yeah, that's a no. Um, you take 17 fire damage as she uses hellish rebuke in response to your attack. Ooh. How much fire damage? 17. Whoop. Not what I thought was happening. 
I thought Arvid was getting tangled in a fishhook cloak. Mm. That's <laughs> Don't give him ideas. <laughs> um, uh, this is separate from what's actually happening. Can you just tell me, having this thing, is it attuned already? Yes. Okay, I need to keep that in mind when I'm doing the uh, tax right. Cause it'll just change. add one to everything. Yeah. Yep. Next up is two of the sisters. Morla and Inessa go on a different initiative than Margie for a very particular reason. Uh, Morla is going to slide down the slippery hide of this snail and land confidently on the ground with her head burning like a furnace. Ack. She's going to point a long finger towards Crist and say, Your crystal's mine now. And she releases a chromatic orb at you. She's going to choose acid damage. Uh, 19. These are really powerful things. I probably don't want to get hit by it. I'm going to use some luck. To make him re-roll? Yeah. All right. She's going to roll again. 16. I think that misses. Does it miss? Yes. 17. All right. You manipulate fate as this crackling, hissing ball of acid comes flying towards you. You duck out of the way, and it blows a hole right through one of the trees behind you, sizzling and burning away the bark and leaves alike. Oh, dear. And there's a snapping as it tips over and slams into the mud. She smiles at you. Uh, Anessa Wispmother, uh, she is going to use one of her actions to make a grasping vine attack as one of her tendrils of willowy hair comes shooting out. And the closest target to her is Artyom Volkov. Is this a spell? Uh, this is a ranged melee attack. Okay, gotcha. I'm going to go ahead and warning flare that. Cool. Good to know. All right, coming at you with a 17. That's a no-go. All right. The vine snaps hard near your feet as you duck out of the way. Uh, and she chants some ancient corrupt words, and the red will-o'-wisps surrounding her begin to glow and pulse with energy. That brings us to Artyom Volkov. Excellent. I'm going to go ahead and, with my pink prick out, I'm going to go ahead and take a shot at the fucker who just attacked me. Okay. And which one was that? That's Anessa Wispmother. Beautiful. I'm going to take a shot at them, and I'm going to charge it so that it, when it hits, it's going to turn into a chakram. Okay. Not awesome. That's a 16. Uh, does not hit her AC. Fair enough. And, but regardless of that miss, it's going to go ahead and pop into a chak. It is indeed. <laughs> pop a chak. It's going to pop the old chakaruni, and I'm going to go ahead and cast that at level four. All right. So you get to make an attack immediately. Yes, indeed. That one is better at a... Why can't I add math? Because I'm here. I have an anti-math field. <laughs> 19. 19 hits. Hey, perfect. And then that's going to do a total of 13 damage. 13 radiant damage received. Mm -hmm. You cut away some of the vines and she shrieks, not wanting this foreign light infecting her dark forest. Next up is Crist. Horthax, we have your back. So I'm going to inspire Horthax. And then... Chris is going to run up towards the big old hag. He's battle ready, reverberating from uh, escaping before. And instead of attacking, he's going to unleash a fourth level twinned dissonant whisper. Mm -hmm. Which two are you targeting? I'm targeting the big one right in front of us. And I'm going to target the one facing the chakram. The wisp mother? Yes. Okay. Uh, they're both going to try to make a save against your dissonant whisper. What's your spell DC? 16. Thank you. And is this wisdom? Yes, it is, it is wisdom. Excellent. Uh, Margie makes it with a 17. Anessa gets a 14, so she fails. Awesome. 
Regardless, uh, she still takes half damage from your psychic damage, and the oh. other one will have to use her movement to get away. Yes. I was I was hoping that he was going to cast it on the snail house, and it was just going to like really, really, really slowly turn and start mm. snailing away. <laughs> the whisper says, a fight against one of us is a fight against all of us. Nice. So that is 66, I believe. That sounds right. Uh, 18. So Anessa takes the full 18 and Margie takes half. You see the willow branches close tight and it slides into the mud and begins to slowly retract into the forest. But Margie grits her massive tusked teeth and says, No, no, boy. I'm going nowhere. Next up is Harithax. All right. Harithax looks at Margie, who's just insisted that they're not going anywhere. And Harithax will say, Yes, you are. And I cast Banishment. And the material component for banishment is an item distasteful to the target. And I'm just going to use my own damn self. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> what? I'm distasteful. They don't oh. like me. They've never liked me. Yeah. So you just want to use you. So charisma save. Charisma save. DC 17. Nope. That's a 15. Okay. So Margie, out of this plane of existence <laughs> to a harmless demiplane. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, you are. <laughs> you hear the suction of mud as it closes in around where her form was filling out the bog, and a couple of fish flop to the ground and kick, tenaciously trying to find water in this mire. Harthax looks at Artyom and goes, Kill Anessa quickly. I'm on it. And as a bonus action, I will shillelagh my staff. Excellent. Did you say hexellent? Because. Uh, no, and I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> So the battle between the Mortal Dawn and the Pilmyra sisters carries on as Margie Dogtooth gets banished to another plane. But the other two sisters should prove more than enough of a challenge. Kip, I thought we were supposed to be relaxing in a nice quiet swamp with the MDs. That did appear to be where it was going. And now we're two knuckles deep in some all-out swamp brawl with a coven of ancient witches and their gargantuan gastropod. It looks like the MDs walked into more of a trap than a fresh batch of clues. These terrifying sisters seem to have a history with Team Warlock, Harithax. But they're spreading the aggression quite evenly over their foes, and the MDs are pushing back hard. I mean, look at the size of that snail. I could move into that thing's shell and have enough floor space left to rent out a spare room. Maybe put up a tasteful divider install a small herb garden out back. It would appear this is a battle between old magic and new, and the coven's curses clash with the MD's fire and thunder. The team is coming out strong with some tricks new and old, including a very timely banishment making this matchup four on two. If we're talking about escargot, I could feed a whole battalion of hungry, high-class soldiers with that big slimy bastard. I got a run and start. I could, I could slip and slide in that thing's snail trail from the Dawn's Gate all the way to without ever slowing down. You're really into that giant snail, aren't you, Storm? I'm trying to distract myself from getting too caught up in the action. My physician says if my blood gets angry too long, it could take years off my life. I need those years, Kip. Old Man Storm has a lot of beach naps to take. I'm focusing on more relaxing things like big, big snail boys. Large, slimy snail lads that just kind of, you know, slide around in the mud. Pushing trees aside, a behemoth of mass and muscle that could probably breathe acid and crush full plate like teacups. Damn, I want to ride a war snail. Uh-oh. Well, let's help Storm take his mind off the fight with a quick message from this week's sponsors. We'll be right back. 
Hello there. Are your kids on nasty street drugs? Are you the victim of household theft? Are you worried that your childcare provider is smacking your kids like a big sack of dog food at the grocery store? Is your partner fooling around on you doing sex in your home? Maybe you're into that. I don't know. But what I do know is I can help you if you want to find out. My name is Divin Nathan from Scryco, here to talk to you about the Claire Bear. The Claire Bear is just a regular, adorable stuffed teddy bear, but fitted with a mystical arcane eye that can let you spectate from afar what happens in your home through clairvoyant magics. Bust those dirty bad doers doing their dirty badness with the help of Claire Bear. Simply place your Claire Bear on a shelf viewing the maximum area of your household. Whisper the incantations to activate the arcane eye and replace one of your own spare eyes with the free runic receiving stone included free in every box. Then, voila, you see what the Claire Bear sees. Do not use the Claire Bear for creepy gross stuff. This is Divinathan asking you to buy the Claire Bear from Scryco today. We see what you have done. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, all you cuties. Zach here with another exciting slapdash housekeeping. First, I want to do the obvious and thank our Patreon subscribers for keeping us afloat and enabling me and Law to pay our cast and crew. It might not seem a lot to our patrons, but it makes a world of difference. It might seem like too much to others, but believe me, it costs more than you think to pay people for their time. For Law and I, it's upwards of 20 hours of work per week, and neither of us take payment. We're a long way from being able to live on Patreon and ads alone, but that won't stop us from making content for you all to enjoy. Because we're not here to get paid. We're here for power and fame. Also because we care about all of you and want to make good content. Obviously. That being said, if you want to know what to give your not-so-local media partnership for the holidays, nothing beats a Patreon subscription. Special thanks to our legendary team, The Oath Sworn, now with Craig McDonald, Gemma Donnelly, Brandon Wills, and Patch Barrington. Red Blossom Black Snow, my Legend of the Five Rings campaign for Level Up Dice, is in full swing. You can find a permanent video of the first episode and all episodes to come on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash slapdash studios. We're taking a brief hiatus for two weeks because of the holidays, but you can find us continuing the story on January 7th at 6.30pm PST at twitch.tv slash slapdash streams, or on their Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash levelup underscore ttv. Red Blossom is sponsored by Level Up Dice, so please use our link at bit.ly forward slash L-U-D slapdash. That's bit.ly forward slash L-U-D slapdash to buy every geek in your life some luxury dice so we can get some tasty rewards from that affiliate program. Don't forget our content contest for free L-U-Q merch. We're extending the deadline to January 1st to give people plenty of time to get their submissions in. 
We're looking for fan art, fully produced commercials, music, luck-themed baked goods. Go ahead and send pics of anything you create to admin at slapdashstudios.com with a description of what we're looking at for a chance to win. You can find links to our merch at theleq.com. Use Spirit Rest for free shipping through December. If you want to advertise with us or get a special message on the show, please shoot an email at admin at slapdashstudios.com. If you want to show your support, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash slapdashstudios. But without further ado, let's get you back to the action. The Ballad of Drakash or Drachnir. Along the roads of southern trade, the Dornish made their homes. In shadows of the mountain cast, atop their family tombs. But high upon the Himmelhorns, the Drakes and Darlow flew. And with the thaw of summer's moon, so came the Dornish doom. They came in flights of seven score. They swooped and roared and raided. The humans fought and failed and fell. Their armies subjugated. Their icy breath and razor claws clove town like harvest barley. The human wealth all flown away, reduced to life begotten. But one young son of Dornish might, with blood both crown and tribal, did vow to spill draconic blood upon a Signian Bible. With blessings of the human gods and kinship with the mountain. He shot the home of Doran's grave, and drank from sacred fountain. Infused with might and Doran's axe, he climbed the Himmel peaks, and hunted down the scaly beasts for ten days and five weeks. His might unmatched this vengeance pure, he fell them single-handed, and those not dead in fear they fled, and on the peaks they landed. To Doran's might, Odraknir called and summoned winter winds to freeze the beasts in glacial cells, a penance for their sins. No longer do the humans fear the drakes of Himmelhorns, for Dracus showed the strength of men and rid us of the worms. So sleep, my child, on down and cloth, and wish good night the sun, and rest in safety free of fear. The Peace, or Drachnir One. It is now Arvid's turn. One of the sisters has been banished, but Anessa Wismother and Morla the Dream Drinker still remain. Okay, Arvid shakes off the fact that he's lost his initial target and looks for the next closest thing to bash into. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it happens to be that one, Morla. Mm-hmm. So let's do a full move, I believe, mm-hmm. and then a uh, full attack. Absolutely. All right, that's 18 and 22. Those both hit. Woo-hoo. Woo! Mercy. Skibap. <laughs> Skibap. Dice of dark and dice of light. Yikes. How Funk much on will the I head. smash tonight? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Well, that's max rolls on a couple. That's pretty Ooh. cool. Okay. Uh, I know you said that's max rolls, but I heard that smacks rolls. That's and I'm like, max. that's good. <laughs> um, 37 damage. <gasps> Are you serious? God damn. You messed her up. Yeah. Yikers. Um, that's so good. So that was fun. As you swing your last blow, Arthur meals up. Get the hell out of there. Oh, shit. Uh, yep. Okay. So Arvid will uh, 
misty step away. Awesome. Yeah, you activate the boots of the winter court and you can teleport anywhere within 30 feet of where you were. Let's go back towards the party. All right. Pull yourself away by your bootstraps. Woo! Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Uh. as you leave these two huge gashes through Morla, you cut through flesh and bone. And instead of blood pouring out for a moment, it seems like part of her soul is torn from her body and then snaps back into place. But the wounds remain. What? That's so cool. I don't know if that is cool. That might be really bad. It's cool imagery. I I like the imagery. (laughs) That's wildly unpleasant. Yeah. (laughs) She narrows her one beady white eye and the other one flares to life. And she says, you'll regret that. She reaches towards Arvid with an open palm and slowly clenching her fingers. She casts a fifth level heat metal on your armor. Oh, that's you get for being a druid wearing armor. There's no save against that. It takes a round or something. Doesn't take immediately. Yeah, it lasts for a minute. And as soon as you're in contact with it, you take damage. So as she closes her fingertips, your mithril chain armor begins to glow red and then white hot, hissing and sizzling into your flesh. You take 24 fire damage. Those double eights, man. (laughs) Adds up real quick. At the end of her turn, she's going to use a legendary action, and she's going to decide who's going to go against right now. She locks her flaming eye with Harathax, and she uses her Consume Dreams ability. I need you to roll me a constitution saving throw. This bitch got Dream Eater? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. She's all Gengar up in here. Uh. I think I'm going to use my Harathax. Oh, yeah? And get an 18. That'll pass the save. Um, Harathax looks her right back in the eye and just resists. All right. The full effect does not happen. You still do take half damage. Damn. All right. (laughs) And the good news is you do not now have the frightened condition. Oh, that is good news. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) It's all so good with spell damage. So mad. (laughs) So you take half, which is 16 psychic damage. Okay. You keep her out of your mind and memories, and you are not now afraid. Okay. God damn, man. That that would have been a lot of fucking damage to take up front. Yeah, I assume 32 or 33, if it halved to 16. I have to make a concentration check for banishment, so I took damage. But I have advantage for Warcaster. Yeah, I'm fine. Uh, 20. All right, you make your save. Anessa Wispmother goes next. Three of the large wisps that surround her begin to glow brighter and brighter. And each of them shoots out a scorching ray. So it's going to come at Crist, Artyom, and Arvid. Take a disadvantage on mine. Okay, I'll do yours first. 19 on the lowest of the two. No dice. Damn. Ah. This one's coming in at Crist with a 28. All right, off. Mm, yeah. Wait, no. Do it again. Okay. <laughs> uh, 22. Ah, oh, I can't shield that. Fine. And at Arvid. Uh, 29. So Ow. very good rolls across the board. Jeez. This prism ward's paying for itself. Uh, you take eight damage, Crist. Fire. Whew. <laughs> and you take 12 damage, Arvid. And again, her wisps begin glowing, and the smaller ones are pulling in close, surrounding her like a shroud. Artyom, you're next. You play with fire. So do I. How much do you care about that house of yours? My eyes begin to glow with flaming white hot light. And then from them, uh, a beam of light shoots out, hits the space between uh, Anessa, the house, and Morla. All right. And I'm going to drop that fireball. 
Okay, so I've got two dexterity saving throws to make for the witches and then one for the snail. <laughs> Morla's dex is not the best. That's a five for her. <laughs> and Anessa Wismother, whose dex is just okay, gets a 12. Mm-mm, no dice on that one. And the snail, whose name is Ambiago, by the way. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, that's very important. Does it have a name tag? Uh, it's way better than the witches. <laughs> <laughs> With a 13. Still don't make it. No. So if I remember correctly, this is 66? Uh, 8d6 for a standard fireball. 10, 20, and that's 23. 23. So in the middle of the pale mire, a ball of fire erupts, striking two of the witches and the snail, catching the snail most off guard. (laughs) Innocent (laughs) innocent bystander in all of this. Um, Mm -hmm. Um. knocks Morla back into the snail. Um, Some of the fire sucks up into her eye socket, but her body is scorched and her furred cloak is singed. You notice one of the wisps surrounding Anessa explodes and seems to suck up some of the fire, Um, but they both take damage from the impact. What about the house? The bottom of the house is now starting to crackle. Mm. You see some embers forming, slowly burning away. The wood seems very wet, but the magical fire is enough to start to cook it. I'm going to move a little bit to kind of spread us out so that we're not so clumped together. Mm-hmm. And I'm also going to bring my chakram to bear on Anissa. All right. Has a 17 taste. That does miss Anessa's armor class. <sighs> She's the tankiest of the group. That'll happen. She's a tree. <laughs> <laughs> Next up in the initiative is Chris Sagrand. All right. Time done sheathed. With those words, I'm inspiring myself. Okay. We're just going to leave that lie in there? Yep, we're just, yep. <laughs> what? Time no. to unsheath. It's a good line and also sexual. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm into yeah, it. It's very Chris. It's very good. Yes. So with that, Chris locks eyes with Morla and runs through our team's flames. He's going to absorb those flames into his claw, mm. taking all of that holy, furious energy, wanting to protect Harthax, and he's going to make... A heightened booming blade. Nice. So oh, let's make let's make that attack roll. Please do. I'm scared. Because <laughs> if this hits, it's a lot of damage. 14 does not hit. So use my last bit of luck. Oh, God damn it. 14 probably does not hit. Did you inspire you yourself? You did inspire yourself. Oh, I did. How close do I think? Well, I still have the LEQ inspiration too. Oh, nice. 19? 19 hits more or less AC. Well done. Uh, so with that, first you hear that note, and it is just the prelude to the destruction that is about to be unleashed. It is going to be 3d8 from the Ring of Binding, mm. 5d8 from the fifth level absorbed elements, another 1d8 from Booming Blade, and then, what, another 1d something from my Crystalline Claw. Nice. Although I believe the absorbed elements is in d6s. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. The bind's the only D6. A, a butt fuck of damage. It's it's going to be a lot of damage. I'm going to need some help, y'all. You mean you need to borrow some dice? Yeah. Pretty one? Spirit bomb. Lend Pretty. me your power. This is the spiritist of bombs. Whoa, Sorry. easy. Ooh, ee, ee, I'm it. like shaking because it's so much damage. 37. So 41 damage. Fantastic. Um, you also take 12 from running into the fireball and absorbing it, which is half because you absorbed half of it. Mm-hmm. And as you come out smoldering and smoking, you bury your claw into Morla's belly and you see the fire in her eye grow weak for a moment and her face contort in agony. 
but she remains standing, pinned to your hooked finger. Oh, she's still standing. Okay. Give me my dice. All right. <laughs> that brings us to Harithax. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. How bad is Morla look? She's impaled, um, and she looks gnarly and old as always. Okay. But other than that, fine. Yeah. Right. <laughs> she's glowing. Right, yeah. Uh, like clinging to life, or or she's been stabbed, but she's she's still in more or less fighting form on a scale from old boy to modern blockbuster how is she handling how how many knives are in her back (laughs) roll me an arcana check sure that's decent 22 Hmm. as you're assessing her health you've been studying the hags a lot during your life you've Mm -hmm. read many books and done as much research as possible and now seeing them in action for the first time you're realizing that there's many strange gifts that the, the coven has not only do they share one pool of spells, they also share one pool of hit points. Oh. Whoa. Oh. Weird. That said, you guys have been going fairly ham on that pool. <laughs> yeah. Harithax is going to look over at the tree and is just going to say, let the earth you make consume you. And I cast erupting earth on Ooh. centered on her. So she needs to make a dexterity saving throw. That she will attempt. Ooh, a 16. That is a fail for me. Damn. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's a tree. How dexterous can she be realistically, right? Yeah, <laughs> Backflipping trees. <laughs> so the ground the ground around her explodes in a column of earth and stone, which then comes cascading back down on top of her and her will-o'-wisps, because it's a 20-foot cube. Mm-hmm. So I just, I rain, I rain rocky death upon that area and deal. Oh, those are some shit ass rolls. Uh, nine, 11, 16, 25 damage on 5d12. Oh, that's horror effects for you, right? At least she failed her save, so she didn't take 12 damage off of 5d12. <laughs> and all of that space is now difficult terrain and takes one minute of work to clear 20 foot. I think so. Yeah, the whole the whole zone. Is that a twenty foot radius or twenty foot diameter? Twenty foot cube. Gotcha. Excellent. Uh, you do notice as the rocks begin to fall and the avalanche impacts the top of her head, another one of the wisps explodes, and you see its life force pull into her. Cool. One hour. And then I'm going to. Nope. I'm not going to move. I'm going to stay right where I am. And I'm just going to keep concentrating on my one concentration spell that I've got up. So. Awesome. Da 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 da. I'm done. That brings us to Arvid. Son of Arvid. So Arvid is regrouping now that he's jumped back to the group. He's uh, also in in pain uh, from the burning metal that is all over his soft, soft skin. And he's gonna take a potion of haste and then wild shape. Interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah. You clever bastard. <laughs> so... Potion down. <laughs> and now, and now, um, Sam, can you give me a hasted bleat from the goat? Is <laughs> 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 it like a chipmunk? Oh, cute. Yeah. So, um, fast boy. So that that doubles speed. Mm-hmm. Adds plus two to AC and gives advantage on dexterity saving throws. Correct. And an additional action each turn. Ooh. Which so means one you, more action, right? you could move now because you did it at the beginning of your turn and, and attack. 
Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. I can't use the other bonus action, but I, I'll I'll have it for later. Oh no, I, I was thinking about healing, and my hit points aren't my hit points anymore. <laughs> right. So yeah, let's uh hit that bitch again. <laughs> the same one. Does a ramming attack like that, if it's up against an object, cause extra damage? I don't know about that, but oh, I do know that she'd have to be worried about being knocked prone, right? You do have the ability to knock people prone. Although this, the snail is very soft and spongy. It's kind yeah. of like a, a gymnasium wall. <laughs> so not only does the delicious potion take off the edge of all those drugs you were taking before, <sighs> setting you back to your normal Arvid potion addict self, as you transform into the ram, the metal vanishes, melding with your body and turning into bone and flesh and blood, God damn, that's good. <laughs> removing the magic of the heat metal. That's a very clever way to get out of that spell. Very clever. That's why they call him Clever Arvid. (laughs) (laughs) Clairvid. Clevord. And because you hasted at the beginning of your turn, you can now make your attack against Morla. Heck yeah. Okay. Bam, bam. It's a ram. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think that's going to cut it. It's 16. 16 is Morla's AC. (laughs) Is that with your improved strength and everything? Oh. Yeah. Doesn't affect the ghost. Oh, never mind. It, if, if you get oh, the AC, then, no. then you hit. Yes. Yeah, so that oh. just that just hits. Same hit. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> oh, I had the same thought. I had the exact same thought. I was like, oh, man. I've We've only this... been playing this game for a year and a half, and you're just now learning how AC works. <laughs> uh, Yay. So let's see that horn damage. 20. Wow. Which is good goat damage. That is very good goat damage. That is good goat damage. Mm. I mean, that's good anything damage, honestly. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'd, have been, I'd have been happy with dealing 20 with my 5d12 damage attack let it go (laughs) (laughs) so you are now adjacent to Christ and morla Christ's claw is still piercing through her belly and now you just slam her into the soft spongy belly of this giant snail that brings us back to the peelmeyer sisters Christ, i need you to roll me a constitution saving throw oh boy i'm going i rolled a three on the die yeah but I have some Elegy uh, Queen inspiration. Chris you... is standing strong and he's feeling it, and I'm going to use it. Very good. All right, crowd, don't fail me now. Well, 13, so 20 total. 20 total. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that does make the DC. Uh, as you look down at your finger and forearm that's kind of buried into her stomach, magic begins to seep out of the wound, and your hand begins to turn to stone, and it starts to creep up your elbow but you focus all of your magic into the negation energy of your claw and it begins to retreat, returning back to the soft crystalline flesh. It's a high five gesture. Oh. I also thought that Zach had put his hand up to say something, yeah. not for the high five. Uh, it's, yeah. it's fair. It's, it's how we talk. Yeah. So she's going to use another legendary action to give you a touch of nightmares. Mm. I don't know what that means. You touched. Um, <laughs> uh, 22 to hit. Uh, and it's a bad touch. Uh, I don't like bad touch. I'm too far away to use warding flare. You're lucky I rolled fucking dog balls. Uh, you take 14 psychic damage. Okay. Whew. That's a Harthax roll. And you see the furnace in her eye glow. as She begins to consume your dreams. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> Anessa Wispmother is surrounded by difficult terrain. She is indeed. It's just debris and dust and mud like trickling down from low tree branches, covering her in this kind of shroud of muck. And from that muck, you see a glowing, crackling light. Artyom, I need you to roll me a dexterity saving throw. Cool beans. Is it targeting me? 
Yes, it is. Hell yeah. So you have advantage from your shield. That is a 14 plus 317. Oh, well, God, what's the DC? It might be 18. I need to check. <laughs> the DC on their spells is 17. Woo! Well, actually, here's the best part. Even if it wasn't, I forgot to add the plus one for my cloak. Oh. <laughs> so you take half damage from the lightning bolt. Hey, cool. How big is this bolt? How big is this bolt? 26, so you take 14. <laughs> Dog shit. That was some like terrible rolling. And he uh, rolled like 20 die. You said 14? 14. Which means I only take nine. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh, no, the, that's halved. No, no, because I'm, I have my uh, HP. Temporary oh, yes, HP. yes, the temporary HP. I see what you're saying. <laughs> He's doing the lightning bolt for nine damage. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Excellent. I, I love it. Uh, and she's going to use her legendary action to send out another vine towards Harithax. Okay. So this is just an attack to grapple you, basically. Just an attack to grapple. Coming at you with a total of 20. I am going to activate another bead on my... Pearls of the Black Trench. I used mm. it to cast Erupting Earth. I'm just going to flick my wrist and cast Shield and deflect the vine. Awesome. So for a moment, this tendril wraps around your waist, but then this energy from the deep sea just bursts out from you, shattering the vine, and it now lays limp and dead in the mud. You have no power over me anymore. That brings us to Artyom Volkov. So Artyom says to Hardithax, don't forget to keep an eye on your little undoing. I look at Krim. He looks at but you nervous. He's been kind of like hugging your leg, just watching this all go down. And then I will bypass Anessa and say to her, sorry, you're not the target. I move in and then I drop, I, I prep a flame strike mm. on Morla and scream to Chris, get the hell out of there. You got it. And I'm going to swing at Anessa with the chakra just for, just for insult. You're not the target. Attack. <laughs> uh, 17. Her AC still 18. Still. Damn. It hasn't changed. I also say that to remember because I'm keeping. They all have different ACs. <laughs> uh, so unfortunately, that does miss. But that brings us to Christ himself. Chris will uh, pat Arvid with with the other hand. Are you ready to get out of here? <laughs> Those will be the inspiring words to myself, and we are gonna thunderstep the hell out of here at a level four. Mm. What's the DC? Um, that's sixteen. Dexterity. She good. Mm-hmm. She good? She good. I mean, she's going to take half regardless, but she made oh. her save. Okay. May I borrow five teens, please? Oh, still... we, here we go. I, I have the five. So 35 damage. Ooh. Which is halved deliciously. And you and the goat explode into lightning and then reappear at the far end of the glade. And then a second the lightning bursts and the flames gather, they then compress hard in razor-sharp blades as a flame strike. Yikers. Uh, that's going to be a dexterity saving throw. That is a dexterity for Morla is four, so 16. No day. Wait. Nope, that... Uh, nope, 16 is exactly the DC. Damn. Still takes half. What a fart. Eight. Another eight. 16. Got it. Another 10. Okay. And then two ones. <laughs> All right. I couldn't be going that good for that long. Hey, 14 damage is still pretty good. Considering she made the save. Mm-hmm. So the entire glade is now filled with this burning white light as a pillar of fire and radiant energy hits her and the snail. The snail begins to retract and pull into its shell in cowardice. And that will bring us to Harithax. Right before your turn begins, though, you hear a ripping sound. And you look to where Margie Dogtooth was standing, and you see a metal hook cutting through reality. She activates the coven spell of Plane Shift. She begins to... 
pull her way out, fish flopping, teeth glistening in the moonlight, and snarling and says, The sisters remain together. All right, that's fine. So she pops back in where she was, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Harthax will, seeing that, I'll drop concentration on banishment since she just brought herself back. And then I'll go running over, like, in the direction that she's tearing herself back onto this plane. And I'll say, good. You can die together too then. And I acid breath her and her sister. Interesting. So I move to get them in a line if I can, and then just blast both of them. They're definitely lined up pretty square. Cool. They both need to make dex saves. They've had advantage on most things, but not this, because this is a breath weapon, not on a spell. That's okay. It's a breath weapon, so this saves kind of shit. So Morla gets an eight. That's a fail. <laughs> and Margie gets a 19. 19 is plenty. This is yeah. DC 12. <laughs> but they still going to take 4d6 acid. Blip. It's a good breath. Nice. That was actually a good roll, too. 21 acid damage. 21? Nice. Yeah. Damn. Which means the pool of hit points that they share takes 21 and then 10. Mm. Yeah. Because you hit both of them. Mm-hmm. You see the cloak of fish begin to melt away, followed by her pale aged flesh. You see Morla standing and grimacing as her skeleton is revealed from underneath her fur robes, her beating black heart visible in the moonlight. And you hear the whispering once again. A pact is sealed, our death fate gain. Ten years and a day, we rise again. Our bodies break, our hearts stop cold. Ten years and a day, we break the mold. Heroes come to snuff our flames. Ten years in a day, you'll curse our names. And the Pale Mile sisters have been banished once again, freeing this land from their twisted corruption and cruel manipulation. They vow to return. Perhaps an empty threat? Perhaps a curse. But their passing has triggered something. The land seems to sigh. The looming rain clouds that keep the mire in constant gloom seem to be unfurling, like a victory banner as rays of light begin to penetrate. But this is cut short as the humming portal behind you begins to moan. It whirs and shrieks. Whatever black magic held it open has been cut like a kite string, and suddenly a flash of light and impact catches your battle-weary forms off guard. As the gateway shatters, your minds go dark. God's damn, that was some heavy stuff. I'm somewhat speechless. Well, let's see if we can get the monitors working again. The signal's gone cold. Kip, I've seen some explosions and magical weirdness in my day, but that didn't look like the kind you walk away from. Portal magic is crazy volatile. There's there's a good chance EMDs are going to need to empty the bank for some resurrection magic. Man, can they even afford a full team res? Unlikely, pal. Whatever curse it was that gave those sisters powers seems to have been shattered as they were dropped down one by one. But their final words remain a haunting echo. It seems they have plans to return in the future. I mean, you can get a lot done in ten years of a day. But that all depends on whether or not we see those kids again. How soon can we get scouts on the field or, I don't know, a rescue team or something? I'm sure there's a team of handlers on their way now to recover the bodies. Don't worry so much, pal. They'll be okay. Right? We'll see, Kip. We'll see. Hell, if you gotta go down, might as well be duking it out with some badass witch sisters. Arvid going full go to avoid getting char-roasted is definitely my play of the day. You see that fish coat hag? She had a hook for her hand, Kip. A hook. That's on my top three hand replacements. Right after flamethrower and giant fork. Giant fork? Obviously for giant pasta, Kip. 
Well, join us next time as we find out if this is a fight the MDs walk away from or if it's a huge step backwards in their progress as they recover from the cost of a potential full team raised dead. You think graves are deep? You should see the debt high-level cleric magic leaves behind. Have our heroes shuffled off their mortal dawn coils, or will they be rescued by Deus Ex Machina? Have we seen the last of the Pilmar sisters? And what does this mean for young Harithax? Find out next time on the League of Ultimate Questing. Oh, goddamn. Cool. What a spicy meatball. Nice <laughs> fucking finish with the yeah. line and the breath. Right? Very good stuff. Good stuff. I was like, well, I, I'd actually been thinking about running over there and ending concentration on banishment anyway. So ah. it wasn't the end of the world that she popped back. So I love that uh, everything Margie said got fucking dunked on. Yeah. <laughs> Margie yeah. opens her fucking mouth. Dunked on. Well, she's definitely the shut the fuck up Donnie out of the group. Like. <laughs> She's the heel. And actually, all three of the Palemar sisters can exist on the ethereal plane at the same time. Okay. So as long as they're within 60 feet, part of them is still within 60 feet. Okay. It's on their stat blocks and everything. Totally fair. That's convenient. I just forgot that they had the coven spell until the last round. Got I was it. stone cold expecting uh, Krim to fuck uh, fuck us over pretty oh, bad. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's, he hates him. He's just scared. Yeah. Harithax, Harithax isn't super, super bright, but I was like, I think Harithax would know enough about this particular coven to know fucking separate the hags. Yeah. So... See, I would have. Been, I, I was expecting a Krim to like cut open reality on, oh, there on sure. her behalf. Or oh, sure. Yeah. Nah, he's 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 shit. I did have. <laughs> oh. He's a shit man. I did have the idea at one point of casting polymorph on Krim and turning him into something to go fuck him up himself. Like, Whoa. oh, that'd be cool. Which would have been which would have been super dope. But depending on how high a degree of control they had, that could have backfired horrifically yeah. too. <laughs> also, I know this is a little ridiculous, but I now have a stat block that I've made for a gargantuan snail that is within your challenge rating for polymorph. <laughs> Fucking amazing. I'm looking forward to this now. I was waiting for it to fuck us up somehow. Uh, it, it, it did have actions and it did have a very powerful acid breath. Uh, it wouldn't have attacked unless it was hit, but also we were near the end of the combat. So yeah. just, I guess that's my turn, though. It I is. Even think about yeah. that. So thank you for listening to this episode of the League of Ultimate Questing. This chapter's had a lot for everyone, I think. I've exhausted and we still have one to go. But if you enjoy the show, check us out every single Monday. Hashtag every fucking Monday. New episodes <laughs> come out. Um, we put out as much content as we can during the week in the form of memes and videos and fun ads. Um, if you want to get all the links you need to our social media and our Discord, which has been blowing up, mm-hmm. um, it's the LUQ.com. And we're going to go around the table real quick and introduce ourselves just so you remember who we are. Starting with Sam, who plays Arvid Ulfmund. Yeah, Drew Barb. Followed by Michael, who plays Harthax. Warlock. As yet unverified. <laughs> and don't forget about me, Alante Barricat, playing Chris Grand, the Crystalline Sorcerer and Creation Bard. I think I saw that on Saturday. And I'm Zach Barkus. I play Artyom Volkov, the Cleric of Sunlight and Suffering. I'm also the Technical Director of Slapdash Studios, and I want to thank Wes for editing this episode. Thank you, Wes. And I want to thank all of you for listening, and I will thank you again if you share this podcast with all of your friends. What better gift for the holidays than sharing something that's been so fun and personal to you? So if you feel that way about us, give us to your enemies, allies, friends, adversaries, what have you. Uh, but until then we hope you're having a good end of the year we look forward to growing and questing together until next time we wish you luck